0: You know when you're out with your mate and they share a story from their past that you know nothing about? Sometimes you can feel left out. Other times you're curious to learn more. And still other times you feel a small tinge of conflicting emotions. Then you remind yourself this is part of being blended. That becoming one flesh is something that happens over the years God has given you in your married adventure. Our next guest is closing in on the two-year mark of celebrating marriage to her husband this coming May. From conversations with adult children to planning a wedding in the height of what became COVID season instead of wedding season, meaning some of her kiddos were not present for the wedding, to owning our decision to take that next step to get remarried. In today's episode, we unpack challenges the, quote, grownups face when considering whether to marry and create a stepfamily. Meet Misty. Misty Hughes is the founder and visionary leader of the international nonprofit Mountain of Myrrh Ministry, or MOM. Misty developed the local expression of MOM, the Single Mom Kansas City, running the organization for over 13 years. And during that time, she professionally helped single mother families, hundreds of them. In fact, she developed an effective discipleship program for single moms, and she helped instruct them in the areas of financial responsibility, spiritual growth, community involvement and parenting. She also developed a biblically-based curriculum to help women leading small groups for single mothers, and she created a network of church and community partnerships in the greater Kansas City area. Misty has traveled, both internationally and domestically, to train, teach, and equip churches and communities to love and aid single mothers. Misty's story is fascinating as she shares how she met her husband Craig and the impact that had on her family. And yep, we also get to peek into a little bit of her story as a single mom raising her children. Please welcome Misty Hughes to Stepfamily Mission Possible. 8 plus years into our relationship, we had vowed to stay married. But our starry-eyed courtship quickly got sucked into a dark hole of confusion and chaos, especially when the kids were with us. And resentment and anxiety grew when they weren't. We learned the hard way that our happiness as a couple was distinct from our happiness as a blended family. We weren't crazy, but many days we felt completely out of our minds. We needed clarity and hope. We didn't need to keep talking about our problems in therapy or chat with a counselor, and we certainly didn't need another lawyer. We needed to stop the pain. But how? Marriage retreats and conferences focused on traditional marriages and strategies, and while it seems like those tools and tactics would work, they simply didn't transfer over into our blended scenarios. What we needed were tools to equip us to deal with the complexities that we were experiencing, So many things were new. So much was unknown. How do you deal with a difficult, high-conflict ex-spouse? How do you deal with differing values in each home? How do you handle when you live in one state and your ex lives in another and you're fighting a custody battle? Look, we know that it's important to protect our marriages and help our kids blend without heavy expectations and a whole lot of conflict. We need guidance on how to handle discipline and acknowledge the confusion that's in our new roles without experiencing a whole bunch of shame. We don't need any more toxic situations, and we certainly don't need any more toxic people. The last thing that we need is people telling us that we knew what we were getting in for. Hey, we didn't know. And if you're in that same situation where you're wondering what you got yourself into, you're in the right place. Welcome to Step Family Mission Possible. Stepfamily life is hard, especially when it feels like the one you married is your opponent instead of your teammate. Hey, we're Bill and Jen Rogers, and we know how to get you on the same team. Instead of feeling defensive, emotionally exhausted, and anxious, it's time to play offense together. And hey, if you're looking for some help in how to blend beautifully together, send us an email at hello at stepfamilypodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Step Family Mission Possible. It is a snowy, wintry, icy day on the bluff. Just a couple hours away from us, they're having the same thing going on. And on the line, we have our guest, Misty Hughes. She is passionate about serving women. Got lots of cool stuff, exciting stuff going on. And the snow and the ice are not going to stop us. Misty, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and glad we
0: made it work in the midst of the snow and ice. Us too, believe me, us too. (laughs) This is where we should uh, do video clips and release them, the bloopers on what it takes to actually get the podcast rolling, because in some ways that could be equally entertaining.
1: (laughs) Gosh, no kidding. Yeah, and and people love it when
0: I know that we're not perfect, right? <laughs> oh yeah. We're done. Hey, we're in a family. So we know we're not perfect. We know there's no perfection in the family. Not till we get to heaven. It's Can't wait for soul. that. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Misty, tell us a little bit about what your connection is in relation to step families. Sometimes when we have guests on, they don't have a lot of experience in a step family, but we know that you do. So share a little bit of that with us, please.
1: I would love to. I don't have a lot of experience yet with step families. I got married in May of 2020 after being single for over 22 years and raising four children. It is a new adventure, a new life adventure for both me and my husband, and we are coming into it at a later age and stage in life and we're learning and growing in oneness with many of your your listeners as well.
0: Yeah, oneness. Now, I know that you are passionate about that word. Can you share a little bit about what that means to you?
1: Yeah, I think my oldest daughter, who has three of our six grandchildren, she got married eight or nine nine years ago. And I remember her talking about getting her, their bank account and how weird it was to see her name. And I had this sudden like aha moment that when we get married, even though in God's eyes, we are one, it's a lifelong journey into oneness. And it takes, it's the iron sharpens iron. We don't, and I, I think in my first marriage, I was 21 and you have these high ideals. You grew up with weddings and everything. Up until my daughter was getting married, I had this perception that when we married, we were just one. And there was just something that shifted in my mind at that time that I brought into our own marriage that we're on this journey and we are refining and chipping away into this beautiful one being that God says it is finished. It's a process, the day-to-day process of coming into what God sees in that arena of oneness. So yeah, I like to conceptualize that. It gives me grace for myself and grace for my husband and grace for others who are in the process.
2: Jen and I talk often about the idea that because you're remarried, that doesn't mean you're less married. We often think our first marriage was the real one, and now I'm just marking time, but that's not the case. When you get married, God sees us as one as any couple that's married. And that's what I hear you saying. I like the idea when we get married, we don't know everything there is to know about each other. We're at the door, but we're going to go deeper here. We are one, but we're going to get oneer.
1: My husband said to me the other day, he's, he's 66 and I'm um, 57. And he said, we've, we've only known each other three years. We have just scratched the surface getting to know each other. And I went, yeah, sometimes I want us to be there. I want us to have arrived. I want to have arrived. Like I'm still, I still don't have his phone number memorized, <laughs> let alone his social security number. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and uh, my first husband, who I was married to at a young age, I could rattle off his social security number like it was yesterday. Mm. But So it's this process of, of getting to know each other. And he has, I had an artist do this visual of something he, he kind of envisioned before he even got married, and it was this comet flying through the sky. And he knew this comet was him. And he said, in my peripheral, I saw this other, more beautiful comet coming towards me. And we came into the same atmosphere. And he said, but there were all these sparks that flew and, and things that were happening as these two comets are becoming one. And, and I'm like, yeah, that, that kind of feels like... What this whole journey is, is an, and I know as we progress on, it will. Become even more and more glorious, and our course will be set.
0: And yeah, I think it will be set until there's a course adjustment. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, no. These days, the storm will
0: come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so much in to unpack in what you just said. My husband was just nudging me about this starry-eyed love affair. So you're talking about comets, and oftentimes when we describe what we do, we say, "Hey, when couples get married." They go from this um, creating an instant family and starry-eyed love affair with one another to chaos. And they get sucked in this dark hole of (laughs) desperation and destruction and wondering, what just happened to me and my family? (laughs) Uh And, And that's where we come in and we talk about the things that are important to claim this oneness that you're so passionate about is that it does take work. And it's a new kind of work. It's a different kind of work that it's important that we cannot understate how much work it is in the sense of it's not just difficult work but it's ongoing work and once you get to that threshold of however you define achievement there's always the next thing that does come up and that course redirection if you will because we're always growing and changing
1: yeah and because of the way i'm wired and i am always looking to the next, okay, what's our next level of intimacy that we want to grow in? What's our next place of communication that we need to work on? And sometimes in our journey, I have to stop and enjoy where we're at right now in the present reality, because there is always going to be the next, and there's always going to be a new place of refinement. There's always going to be an opportunity for transformation. For those of us who are in Christ Jesus, we're always looking to be transformed formed um, from glory to glory, but then there's also the, oh, but let's enjoy this present moment as well. And so anyway, so that's my, what I want to practice on in this, these next few months that we have together. So
2: Misty, what are some of the things that you and your husband have implemented to practice that idea that we want to enjoy what we have? rather than just pushing on to the next thing?
1: Yeah, I love that question. I will say, so let me preface this a little bit with, again, I I would like to believe that we enter into marriage with at least some level of self-awareness, confidence in who we are as human beings, past that place of, I need you to complete me. I think our understanding was a little bit beyond that, like I'm complete in Christ. So having said all of that, finding that we, we worked really hard in our dating to begin to establish some healthy patterns that we wanted to continue in our marriage. And two of the, the things that, that we do to develop that is we have a weekly date night it is a non-negotiable and like tonight we're staying inside but we're making homemade pizza and we've got this game that my son gave us for Christmas that we haven't broken out of the box yet. So we're gonna break that out. But it's intentional time together without any other distractions. And we also have a weekly Coffee Morning Connect, and that is we that is more of the deep conversations. We've been working through this book together. So those are on the calendar. And I will say I'm a calendar freak and I know that if it doesn't get on the calendar, it won't happen. We like to explore fun things to do, biking. We do travel a lot together to go see grandkids that live all around the country. And so, yeah, so we find things, you know, this afternoon we'll probably get our snow boots on and go
2: for a walk. Yeah, <laughs> so you get to shovel too. So, is the game, <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to know, is the game throw, throw, burrito? No, it's
1: actually, I don't know what it is. It's That you're not supposed to open until you set the data. But that throw, throw, throw burrito, that might get dangerous, wouldn't
2: it? (laughs) Oh, it's a blast.
0: (laughs) If you have teenage boys, let them play it outside only.
2: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Try exploding kittens.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good one, too. Oh. There's an interesting thing that I want to go back to when you first scheduled time for us to get together to come on the podcast, you answered a question about whether or not if you've been in a step family and what is your role. I'm reading that it says, I was a step kid growing up age 13 plus, and I'm now a step parent. One of the things that I find is that we forget that we've been in a step family. If we get out of a step family, like if that family divorces or there's not good relationships in there, so I, I'm curious to know a little bit more about you as a step kid growing up, age 13 plus.
1: Oh yeah, I guess I have had more experience in a step family than I than I. Remember. So, yeah, my, my mom was a single mom. I had one older sister. My biological dad was highly abusive. And what I say is my grandparents actually rescued us when I was two. So. Fast forward, I'm age 13, and my mom gets remarried. The situation for me was, okay, that's my mom's husband. And he did not intervene on raising me or my sister in any way. He was there, and he was present. And I liked him, but I really never saw him as a father figure in my life I don't think I really had a conception I could conceptualize what the role of a father should be
0: or anything
1: and so it probably wasn't until I had children of my own and he stepped into the role of granddad that I really began to like I guess and I did not receive him in my heart but really just embrace him and the love that he gave so graciously he adored my kids and they adored him and so it was interesting how that grandparent role and and seeing him as a granddad opened my heart more fully to receive him not just as my mom's husband but and probably even not even then as my dad but as a part of my family as
2: well. Misty, would you say that your kids never knew the difference? They never knew that he wasn't their natural grandfather? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's a good gift to give. I mean it really <laughs>
1: tremendous. Is. And what's beautiful is it's a gift I get to give my grandchildren now. And because their biological granddad is not involved in their lives mm. And they have this tremendous, amazing granddad. He's called Papa, whom they absolutely are crazy
2: over. Speaking yeah. as a G Papa myself, I can tell you that's a gift that you gave to him as well.
0: Mm, yeah. And I think he would agree to. Yeah. I'm curious. Uh, about our listeners, from the listener's perspective, if there is a step parent out there who's dealing with a thirteen year old stepdaughter, uh, this is uh, something really worthwhile to listen to to understand that when you're when you have children in this situation, they don't really know what to think, and that's what I heard you describe that it's everything feels uncertain, and it didn't feel like a quote unquote normal family and the realization of the family blending together that came later on in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. It is to me that offers hope. That definitely offers hope and to stay in the game that eventually the kids do grow up. (laughs) Yes. And they recognize some of the challenges that their parents were facing together, whether they're the bio parent or the step parent, they understand a little bit more as they get older. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. What is, what's one of your favorite things to do with the grandkids?
1: Oh gosh. Okay. I have, there's three on my side and then uh, my husband has, Um, You know, we we have a seven-year-old granddaughter and a 19-month-old grandson and another grandchild um, on the way on his side. So soon we'll have six grandkids. I think some of the funnest things, he always plays horsey with the kids, and they love that. We just like to take the kids on adventures, whether it's going for a hike in our backyard and wading through the creek or to ride roller coasters for the first time. We got to take our seven-year-old granddaughter to ride her first roller coaster last summer. And so for me, it's just always been and always will be about creating memories. A lot of those things that they get to do with Grammy and Papa that they can't do with mommy and daddy. We just create just a fun environment. We've had food fights and litter fights and balloon fights. So we try to make it fun for them.
2: That's great. Yeah.
1: I just wanna say I just wanna say we are probably by far some of the greatest
0: grandparents ever. Hey, easy now, easy now. (laughs) Of course.
2: So Misty, I'm interested in something else too. So you, would you say you were divorced relatively young? Yeah, let's
1: see. I was married at 21 and divorced Mm. by 30. My husband left at 34. My divorce was over at 36.
2: So what's interesting to me about that is you waited, right? You did not you were not interested in just jumping into another relationship. You had kids to raise. Am I correct uh-huh. in assessing it that way? Yes, you
1: are exactly right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so tell me what was on your mind. Tell me what you were thinking.
1: I did the mental math. We were My girls were 11 and 12 and my boys were 2 and um, 5 when my husband left. Mm-hmm. And we were a mess. We were all like emotionally bloodied and beaten and confused and reeling and i i came from a single mother home my my ex-husband he had repeated some of the same cycles that his dad was in and so i just looked at gosh i just Jesus, I don't want my kids to have the same story
2: Hmm. that
1: I had, my mom had, his parents had, my grandmother, some of my aunts. I don't want that story for my kids. How do I give them opportunities to write a different story? And, And I felt like the Lord really just pointed my finger back at me and gave me an invitation to get my own heart healed, deal with my own issues of fatherlessness and abandonment and rejection and all those challenging emotional and spiritual baggage bones we carry around with us. And so I just went on that journey for myself. As much as I could, I would bring my kids along that journey of healing and restoration. At some point, I, I thought about remarriage because I, I wanted to be married. I wanted mm-hmm. to love someone. I wanted to be loved by someone. But I. Th- Uh, I realized if I get remarried (laughs) the chances are very probable that he will also have walked through a divorce and he will also have children and he will also have an ex-spouse and so I wouldn't just be marrying him I would be marrying all of his baggage as well (laughs) as him marrying all of my baggage and I was just like it's honestly I just thought I really sat down, I remember in my basement and I really sat down and I thought about it and I really thought, if I do that, I don't know that I will emotionally be able to make it through. I just, I thought, I know my frame and it just sounded completely overwhelming and I didn't look And at that. With God, all things are possible. that just seemed impossible to me and I just wanted my kids to be healthy and I didn't you know anyway it was a decision that I made that I felt like it was the best decision for our family and I thought we've got a wide open space here for them to know God as their father because there ain't a lot of other options right now (laughs) and so anyway so we just really pressed into that journey I did not do it perfectly by any means, and it was just a decision that I made some 20 years ago, and was very happy about raising my four kids, so I don't put that decision on other people, everybody gets to wrestle through that question with God themselves, but for me,
0: I just know it was the Lord's leadership for us. Hmm. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Could you tell us a little bit about the relationship that you have with your kids in the context of is it close, maybe on a scale of 1 to ten, one not so much, 10 close? How would you describe your relationship before you... Considering re- remarriage again with your husband? Oh, that's a good
1: question. I've got four kids, and I'm at a different place in relationship with each of them. I would say I'm a let's always strive for ten, and but we never make the mark kind of person. I would say overall is probably about a six or seven. Mm-hmm. So it's far. From, I feel like it's very far from where I want it to be because what I want is holidays around the table where everybody's home and everybody likes each other and everybody wants to be together and we're playing games and laughing. I want the Norman Rockwell image. And so my kids are all very unique individuals, all on their own journeys. Because of that, my idea of what 10 family is, a 10 family, sometimes I go, that probably is not going to happen even until I die, because to get all four of my kids together, we got married during COVID, so they didn't all even get to come home for our wedding. Mm-hmm. And, and to get them all together is feels big. That's a real
2: vaguely honest <laughs> Sure. Yeah. One of the things that I hear from you, Misty, and you've done a lot of deep soul searching that frankly, many couples don't do. We, we do counseling with people who have jumped into it, just jumped into something and said, uh-oh, what did I get myself into? And you didn't do that. You definitely counted the cost. When you did get married, based on what you're saying about your children, what kind of input did you solicit? From your kids before you did finally get remarried.
1: Yeah, because they're all adults, and I I have learned so much from them. They all have really wonderful spouses, and I, I honestly I've learned some things from them that I brought into to my marriage, and and so it was very important for us to have conversations about remarriage, and especially to Craig, my husband. Uh, They all live away, so really didn't get a lot of opportunity. They met him a couple times. They don't really know him. And a couple of them had questions, and I would say maybe even concerns, but more about why, why do you need to get married now, mom, and all this kind of stuff. Not so much about him as a person, but about my motives and things like that. And, and so as an adult mother and as to my adult children, there was one conversation that we had that I was just very clear. Your input is super valuable to me. I respect you. I value your questions. I want you to ask me questions. At the end of the day, it's my, dis- at the end of the day, I get to decide what I believe is best for me and what i want and but but i want us to dialogue about it and i want that communication and i think that's one thing i don't know if you've heard of strength finders but one of my top five strengths is communication so my kids were raised an, in an environment of we're going to, we're going to, let's talk about this. We're going to communicate and um, we're going to honor each other in that place of communication. So, yeah. So I feel like I did that with my kids. And again, and again, none of them had any negative things about my husband. It was more just, you've got a vital ministry. You've got this, you've got that going on. Why, why now? And, but we're really happy for you, mom.
0: As I recall, you had mentioned previously that your oldest with the kids asked you a question about how that would impact her life as far as would you have time to be a good grandparent? Can you share a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, that's just what I appreciate about my kids that she just said, hey, I've got this fear. You have, she, they live in Vermont and I live in, Kansas City. It's a long ways to get there, but but she said, you've been available, you've been accessible, you've been involved, and now you're going to have other grandchildren, and I'm a little jealous, and I'm a little fearful. Just as her mom, I just got to hear that vulnerability and honesty, and that just meant the world to me. And then we got to talk about it got to share my expectations of what our relationship would continue to look like. And again, just the exponential, it's just not now her kids wouldn't just have one grandparent from her side. Now they were gonna have two. And mm-hmm. she shared that with me before before she met him and all her fears were completely put to rest first time we were able to visit them. And she saw him with the grandkids. Yeah.
0: And your youngest... What was your youngest concern?
1: Let's see. So my youngest is the only one out of our six kids that lives here in town. He, I, he was the first one to meet Craig. Honestly, I have to tell you, he was thrilled. He was two when his dad left. He's had many great mentors in his life, but I remember a conversation. We were out to eat with him and I was asking him all these questions and This was before we were married, and I was just—I was doing the mom thing. What about this? And how about this? And what about just all these questions and opinions and everything? And my my Craig at the time was like, and he did it very kindly, but he indicated that I probably should give my son some breathing room. And, And I looked at my son, I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah. When Craig and I got in the car, we we were talking about it and he's like yeah he's he's a he's a grown man and because of our relationship i was able to listen to him and listen to his perspective of what being a young man is like so i just called my son and apologized to him and he's where's this coming and i said craig said yada 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 and he's gosh yeah mom he's so right and it was almost like just this relief That he didn't have, my son didn't have to say, get off my back, mom, or anything like that. But he had an advocate. He had an ally that was a man and could help me understand. And I jokingly tell people all the time, I was like, it is so amazing that my two boys made it out alive. They basically had three moms down their back all the
0: time. Mm.
1: I do believe God is the God of miracles. Let's just say that.
0: (laughs) Indeed he is. That is a great thing to say. Thank you so much for sharing. That's really good stuff. If you had a piece of advice for someone who is considering remarriage, Perhaps, let's say someone who was in a similar situation as you, and you were very clear to say that this was a decision that was right for me. And someone may be hearing this saying, I don't know, That's. I think the decision for me is different than that. What kind of advice would you give? Can you reframe the question? So there's a, a woman out there who is licking her wounds a little bit, post-divorce and she has children and she knows that she has a heart for love to get married again, but she doesn't know if that's even something that she should consider right now. So for example, if she were to come to you for coaching, what kind of questions would you ask her to think about?
1: You said she's still licking her wounds a little bit. And so... I think we would, I would let her articulate in her own story and journey what healing and restoration looked like. How would she know it was time? What would be those markers in her own life where she would be able to say, yeah, hmm, I know it's time. And to help her determine a vision for what a healthy her looked like from her perspective. Um, Not a perfect her. But what a healthy her look like. One scripture I repeat over and over is without a vision, the people perish. We wander around in the wilderness for 40 years without a clear indication of where it is we want to be or where we want to go. And so the, the vision is not I want to be remarried. The vision is I want to be the best who I can be to be able to enter into a healthy relationship. The, the coaching would definitely revolve around her and not the desire to be remarried that is a that is a I would say what's the word I'm looking for an
0: outcome Uh, of a yeah an
1: outcome of being a healthy individual who can truly look in the mirror and say I am fearfully and wonderfully made and my soul knows it very well so and living out of that place the knowledge of I'm beloved by God. That is really the focus of my coaching is helping women live out of that wellspring of God says they are, which ultimately leads to knowing who Jesus is. And and then from that place comes the the outcome of, of marriage or walking right relationship with children or whatever
0: that is unto. What I'm sensing, what I'm taking away from this conversation is one, you love list, So I'd love that too. <laughs> love the list and the vision. We we definitely yeah. also embrace that having a vision for where you want to go. Otherwise you're just dog paddling and not, not really going in a decisive direction. That does look different for everyone. Calling that out from the questions that we have asked as far as understanding who you are And taking the time to assess what's really important to you, what Mm -hmm. values you have individually and for our listeners as a couple, as a step family couple, and to understand you need to draw on that as you go through the journey, because things do come at you, people change. And we decide how we're going to respond to that change.
2: Yeah, and I really do appreciate the questions that you asked along the way too, Misty, that first led you to put off searching for another mate and then led you to accept that it was time. And I know that the Holy Spirit was involved in that process, which I've loved hearing about. And I'm taking away this, that it, it, it is important for all of us who get to that situation To really take stock of it and to ask some hard questions. Because if we don't ask those hard questions, we're going to end up in a world of hurt. And I can really appreciate what you have shared in terms of not only avoiding that hurt, but maybe um, reframing it.
0: I love the hard questions, so I'm with you on that. Listen, you are approaching a very important mile marker in a blended marriage. You guys will be married almost two years now, two years in May. And the reason why that's a mile marker is that is oftentimes many couples don't make it to two years. And they don't make it because they haven't implemented some of the key strategies that you've been talking about here as far as communication and connection. So before we uh, head out to our next adventures, I know you have lots of exciting things going on right now, a couple of events coming up. So would you like to share what's going on with you?
1: Yeah, thank you. Thanks for asking. The business that I established, a nonprofit for single moms for about 15 years and stepped away from that in 2020 to start and open up a for-profit business called Lead Her Ministries, uh, a landing space for women who are in a place of n- knowing that there is something more, whether it's there's more in my parenting, there's more career-wise, there's more in the knowledge of who I am, There's more. their, their heart is is longing and aching, but oftentimes we just can't figure out how to get there on our own. And that's the beauty of coaching, just to have somebody to walk alongside of you to ask the hard questions to pull out the information to get you in a different headspace, and all of that so lead her ministries I definitely love that that coaching space but also I love the dynamics that small groups and synergy that happens so I've got a trilogy of workshops coming up called Women's Wellspring Workshops the first one will be in March if you're in the Kansas City area we'd love to have you join us for that. We'll be working on values and obstacles, things that get in the way of living there. We'll have a group coaching activities and stuff. Yeah, so I'm super excited to be able to launch our workshop series this year.
0: And your website, where can people look up the information? What's the name of your website?
1: It's lead-herministries.com. All the information, blogs, the virtual events we'll be hosting will all be on our website.
0: Wonderful. We'll definitely include those in the show notes so people can look you up. Thank you for joining us on this snowy, wintry day. It's really been a pleasure to have you. Thank
1: you so much. It's been a joy talking to you both.
0: Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you liked today's episode, would you tell somebody and share it with them? Thanks so much. See you next time.